And here we go. Welcome back to Snakes, Rats, and Goats, talking about Survivor Winners at War, Episode 10. I'm your co-host, Ryan Elder, and with me, as always, is... Scott Chernoff, your co-host. Yes. Yeah, episode Scott. 10. I can't, but finally, wow. I know. We only have a few left, and then we never have to podcast again. Thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, oh my gosh, I have time to do the podcast now, and... Uh, yeah. <laughs> now my kids are home all the time. Yeah, and I I'm busier than I've ever been. So this is great. Good timing. Good choice. But we do you have know, maybe we should... an awesome guest. Is that what you were we getting do. at? Let's bring her in. Friend of the well, podcast, her, her retur- triumphant return, Survivor legend, legend, multiple, uh, two time player, winner in our hearts, winner at peace, <laughs> PG Law. <laughs> PG. Hey guys, with an introduction like that, I will come back anytime you want. Awesome. <laughs> well, you got you got four episodes you left to uh, get in there. Could, you never know. We may call you in, out of, in a couple weeks. Well, you know, we always have uh, our mutual friend Miles Nye on for the finale, so That's true. Maybe Ooh. we could uh, get get you in with him too, but no. Um, thanks for joining us, PG. I'm excited to see what your thoughts on this season. I kind of been getting a little sneak peek because uh, you've been live tweeting your thoughts on, have you rewatched every episode in the last week? So um, I watched every episode in <laughs> the last nice. week. Was it this? I have a really bad habit of not watching them live just because I don't, I don't have like, you know, I don't, I don't have TV. I don't have it live. Right. Um, I just have to watch them online. Uh, and then usually I get kind of lazy. So it's like when I have to, when I know I'm going to be doing podcasts and then I'll just binge them all like the week before. Right. So um, if it wasn't for this today, you may not have watched any of it yet. I'll, I'll still be catching up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's cool. I'm glad we could, uh, you know, like every, all of it's, it's traditioned for us to force our guests to watch Survivor. So, you know, it, it makes sense here that uh, you would, <laughs> yeah, that you would need to do that. So, but this is a great season to force anyone to watch. I mean, this, this season oh, is yeah. so good. So good. Um, you know, I mean, one of my favorite things about the season is that, Everybody is playing. So, like, my biggest annoyance whenever I watch Survivor are all the sheeple, the people who just sit around and let one person make all the decisions. Yeah. You know? Yeah. the game, and it drives me nuts. And, like, nobody's, you know, obviously, none of these people are going to let people tell them what to do. Um, So that's that part has been really fun. Well, yeah. Yeah, it's... Go ahead, Ryan. Go ahead. I was going to say, it's been really... I hate this. It's been really interesting seeing all these winners adjust their games or not adjust their games in order to adapt to this season because all of these people are obviously elite players at Survivor or at the very least, very lucky, Tony. Um, Wait wait a minute. Okay, we're going to get into that. You're always trying but it is Tony. it's really fun. I mean, look, Tony Tony is not what I I mean, I love Tony. He's amazing. I would not consider him an elite survivor player in the sense that he doesn't have the cool that a lot of these people have. Like or does if you he? Look, look at, at last night, like at the last episode. Well, you know, he had the bulletproof vest. So And he's still around and he hasn't been a target. Nobody's voted for him. Even doesn't one. it seem like, based on the next time on though, like read between the lines a little bit, Tony might be a target next week. I think he might be a target, but usually that 
preview is a misdirect. That's like true. A target at this point. I know, right? Even Sophie, who we've been saying is like playing this incredible game, was like seemed like target number one from the other side, right? Yeah. Oh my god, Sophie's running this game like so quietly, though. Um, but yep. like, I, I feel like wasn't the Wendell? I feel like the Wendell ouster was really all her doing. Yep. I yeah, it seemed that way. I think there's been a couple that have been all her doing. But it's odd. I have a lot of questions about what was going on with Sophie in the last episode because, like, fully half the episode was taken up with, um, you know, nonsense. I mean, it was very emotional. Scott, you have a family. I was weeping. Now, I know (laughs) I read a tweet from UPG that said, in China, you didn't even cry when your dad showed up. (laughs) But I, as a dad, was basically weeping through the entire family visit. <laughs> it just... I, you know what's so ridiculous is that, like, my family is not really the openly affectionate kind. Um, like, my parents are not the, like, I love yous and the hug. Like, we don't do any of that, which doesn't mean that they don't love us. It's just they just show it in different yeah. ways, right? Right. And so I remember my dad telling me later that he's like, he had to remind himself to hug me because he's like, I knew really ever if I did it. Uh, <laughs> it was not a, That's amazing. He had a checklist. <laughs> um, okay, but have I told you guys though? This see, this is what real love is. He didn't hug me, and even in this scene where they're standing next to each other and everyone's like holding, cuddling like their loved one, and my dad and I'm just like standing side by side with our <laughs> arms at our side. Um, but. But my dad had the foresight to sneak me a Kit Kat during the oh, challenge. I mean, there no, you that, go. That's next level. Yeah. So that's see, that's love. He's a that's love they can't show on the episode, you know. Now, okay, so maybe you're not a crier or an outward, uh, you know, showy shower of your emotions. But was it meaningful? I mean, what what was the emotion that was going on inside you when he showed up there? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> got it um no it was it was awesome it was cool to see like it was more like i just felt. Pr- i feel like this is a very like asian student thing like i felt very proud <laughs> i was still uh-huh. there <laughs> right you really like, um, hey look look how well i'm doing that yeah exactly when was uh, it remind me when how many people were left final six okay so yeah i mean you were in the top like you were in the top, uh, you know, thirty, <laughs> top thirty percent. So you know, that's like, like a that. C minus. C minus. She was in fifth place. Hey, look, seventy percent is a C minus. <laughs> what is? But there are only sixteen people that season, correct, PG? <laughs> oh my God. That was a sixteen person season. So I don't know. You do the math, Ryan. Yeah, five out of sixteen. That's where she ended up. I'm just saying when her dad saw her there, uh-huh. she was, it was final seven. So it was barely halfway through the game. Well, I think it was I'm just playing. I'm just, I'm just teasing. Obviously it's impressive. You guys. Well, do you think that a lot of, do you think that there are other parents or loved ones who are smuggling food in to their families? Not that I've heard of. Man. I mean, I would be upset if my wife who I would assume is the person that's going to come visit me. I'd be upset if she didn't. It wouldn't you know? be me. 
<laughs> Come on. My co and I'll be like uh Jeff Jeff Probst would be like, and your co-host. <laughs> and then you run out let's, and we embrace Ryan, let's bring in your co-host. <laughs> <laughs> and you run out going, Scott Chernoff. And then, Chernoff. And then he'd be <laughs> like uh, <laughs> and then Jeff would be like, Ryan, what is it? That feeling that you're feeling right now. What is that real human connection with your fellow podcaster? And I'll be like, Jeff, honestly, this is only the third time in the last 15 years I've seen Scott in person. So I just, I love when Jeff is like, what is it like to be a human being and have a connection with another person? Describe that feeling. My favorite is when they're all like, why this guy? <laughs> they're like, here's your fiance. Why yeah. him? Why? Yeah. yeah. Sophie, why this guy? He doesn't look very impressive. <laughs> Have you guys noticed there's this voice that Jeff puts on now at reward challenges where he talks like this? Yeah. He's like doing a Jack Nicholson impression. You want to know what it is? It's like really creepy and weird. I don't understand why he does it. It's new in the last like five years as or so. As long as he's not doing that that voice he did when he did the champagne toast and he was like, a toast before a war. Oh, yeah. As long as he's not doing that. I'm <laughs> then, I'm, right. then I'm okay. <laughs> yeah, that was awful. <laughs> oh, man. Anyways, where were we? Oh, yeah. Loved ones visit. Um, I mean... There were so, by the way, but they, all I could think about this whole loved ones visit is that RHAP now has enough Brant Steele loved ones uh, participants <laughs> for the next like 10 years. Uh, there were so many loved ones. Well, it was kind of I awesome. Can I talk about my favorite loved one that we met in this episode? Of course. Mini Tony. Mini Tony. <laughs> was like this little mini Tony. And the look on his face, I mean... I rewound and rewatched Tony and talking about his family. And um, I know I'm giving stuff away now for later, but that little kid, I don't know if you noticed him, PG, but he just looked like Tony's mini me. And he had a look <laughs> on his face of like sheer insanity. And I, I loved him. Oh man. Everybody, everybody's kids were so fun to watch. Yeah. I, you know, I have you met any of these kids before, PG, at like events or whatever? I'm trying to. I don't Did you recognize any of them? I don't think I have. Yeah. Well, a lot of them are really young. Most, yeah. I mean, I imagine most people don't bring their kids maybe, to survive. Maybe you met Jeremy's events. daughters at the Cambodia mm. finale, maybe. No. Uh, maybe. I don't know. No, what I don't, do I know? I don't. I don't I don't remember. Like, yeah. Do you remember the Cambodia finale? Oh, barely. God. <laughs> Trying well, to wipe it. Even, know you know, the daughters were kind of, even in the that moment when they were like, you know, this, she said it was going to be a boy, and that's my boy right here. And, and then we had another one, that's that boy. And then Jeff's like, and your daughters. And Val's like, yeah, Lauren. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was weird. They're, that was weird, right? They're here too. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Old dude. Jeremy's and he's like, come on, like, like, like it was like he was a sports coach, like. Was... Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was great. Let's go. Jeremy is. Let's go. Jeremy is amazing casting for things just like that, you know, like he's so good. He's good, and he's 
Jeremy is really funny too. <laughs> oh, I believe it. He seems funny for sure. Uh, how do you think he's, I mean, you, so you know him fairly well. How do you think he's playing this season? You know, I never played with Jeremy. Yeah, we, oh, that's right. We were never even like on the same tribe, but um, right, yep. I think Jeremy is doing really great. Um, he's getting a really, he, like he's getting really big episodes and they show him, it's funny, they show him doing a lot of work. I was going to say, this is what pissed me off about the, not pissed me off, but during the Wendell vote out, they showed Jeremy putting in all this work, talking to everybody. And yeah. like, when, you know, really, his guy isn't even the guy that got voted out. And then whoever it was, maybe Sophie, I don't know, like put in, whoever it was that put in the work of getting Wendell voted out, didn't even get any of the edit for that. Yeah. Unfortunately, I think that's a side effect of them wanting to blindside the viewer as much as possible. Uh, you know, they leave so much out now in terms of strategizing and who's doing the work because they don't want the viewers to know who's going to get voted out. But it is it's sort of robbing us of like actually seeing someone's game. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's like if they if if you don't play an idol or do a big blindside via an idol, the viewers don't really know the actual work you put in to make that happen. Uh, yeah. And it's kind of unfortunate. It's how it's how viewers end up being upset that someone like Michelle wins the game, you know? Right, 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 right. Because in order to, in order to uh, keep every episode a blindside, quote unquote, you can't show Michelle strategizing because she's good. She, she just convinces people, <laughs> you know? She's, she seems to have a great survival instinct. Like she, if totally, she especially this somebody's going to get cut that she's close with, like she'll just kind of sidle over to the other group. Yeah, like she did, in. like she did this week. Uh, I don't know if you saw they posted the votes. Yeah, people's vote reveals, and Michelle flipped. She voted for Tyson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, because they show her being like, for instance, even all the scenes with her and Wendell, they show her being like, kind of a little bit catty towards mm -hmm. him, and it seems like you know, in the edit makes it seem like they're at odds, but ultimately, like they voted together, and he yep. gave her like his fire tokens, you know. Um, so yeah, I, I think that it's, they, they, the, the edit really does her a disservice. I, they still don't know how to edit her. It seems like they're, they're making the same mistakes they made the first time with her. Um, I don't like, I don't know, you know, I don't know that she wins or anything like that. She's in a weird spot right now. She's like, definitely there's this type of player and I've seen it in, in homebrew games and stuff too. It's someone who. They don't really play both sides, but they are connected to both sides and they can always make the, they always know where the vote's going to go, but they're never like driving the vote. And so they will vote with the winning side every time, even if it like is not that interesting. And I oh. think that that's what Michelle's doing. Like she saw the writing on the wall. She's like, oh my God, Jeremy left. Point A, that's, that's strike one. <laughs> uh, Sarah stole Denise's vote. That's strike two. So like, you you know Kim has to get this one in four shot of playing the idol correct in order for me to not you know in order for me to vote on the correct side of things and also Michelle knows if Kim plays the idol correct it doesn't matter how I vote you know what I mean right. she didn't need to no she flipped just to not piss off the majority true that's what it is yeah if, I, I mean I think you're right if it was even a flip like I don't even know where she. I know she was with the other group when they were strategizing in at tribal council, but I don't know how that happened. It was very confusing. 
What about when Sophie was like, this, I, this I think is probably the biggest moment in the episode for me when Sophie was like, how about us five just go over here and decide what we're going to do? Holy shit. What'd you think of that PG? (laughs) I mean, I hate these tribal council. Like I hate all the strategizing that goes on at tribal council. It's always so last minute and it's all, it almost doesn't even seem fair. You know what yeah. I mean? Like you had all the afternoon to do it. Like people laid down groundwork and then last minute one person's just going to call the play and then everyone's just going to vote that way. Like you, there's, there's almost no countering that. Right. Yeah. To counter that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think in this case it was a byproduct of maybe Jeremy was the first target. But uh, that being said, I have a theory that these whispering tribal councils that seem to be happening literally every episode now is because they're not giving them enough time to strategize at camp. We're, I really they're, think they're really not. Like I'll tell you guys that firsthand, like from my first season to my second season. Really? I feel like, I feel like, well, for sure there's a big difference in how much time production gives us. Like, so they pull us from camp way earlier. Like in my second season, we got pulled really early because all this behind the scenes production stuff takes a lot longer now. Um, like I think the big difference is before in China, uh, you know, they have like medic, for example, before like every challenge, before every tribal council, they will have medic come check us out. Just how are you doing? Are you okay? Is there anything really, really wrong? So they can just kind of keep track of how we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they used to, in China, they did this as a group. We'd all just be sitting there. One of the medics mm-hmm. would come up and look, raise your hand. You need to go off with the medic. And then I guess what happened like was that people would start hiding that they were injured or sick. So they wouldn't seem like a liability. Mm-hmm. And so because of that, everybody goes to medic alone, one-on-one. Um, yeah, that makes sense. You know, and it just, that so much time because you're just sitting there because there's only so many medics, you know. Um, and you're not allowed to talk then. Nope. You can't yep. talk. You're in lockdown the whole time. It's miserable. Um, and so I, I honestly felt like in Cambodia, we had much, much less time to talk and strategize than we did in China. And it's also this weird thing, too, because especially with the idol plays, with all the idols now, what happens in these later um, seasons is that, like, you feel like you can't leave camp sometimes. Like, the minute you leave camp, people think you're looking for idols or they think you're whatever, and people follow you or you get this big target on your back. So you can't even really leave to talk. You know what I mean? Like in China, like you would just be like, oh, I'm just going to go get firewood. And then you go strategize. Right. And it wasn't as suspicious as it is now. Like, yeah. Did they, does production sort of force combos? Like say you two got to go to the water well. Do they do nope. that? Nope, nope, nope. But you have to just be able to find a time to make it seem natural. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of times, like like in Cambodia, like everyone was so paranoid about idols like I noticed the minute anybody went left camp, they were, where'd he go? He's going to go look for idols and then you'd be a target. Uh, and then it just ended up, everyone would just be sitting at camp doing nothing because pretty, it's like everyone was afraid to leave camp. It felt like that episode where Rob like wouldn't let anybody talk yeah, about Yeah, talking anything. about cookies and pies, yeah. <laughs> like in his play, like, we were all like stuck in the playpen. <laughs> yeah, well, that's really interesting. So I, I, I'm, I, came, I came up with this theory that they are not giving him enough time to strategize after this episode. And it's interesting to hear that maybe that is the case. I mean, obviously it's not a super recent 
change because it happened in Cambodia, but maybe it's even getting tighter. I'm not, I'm not sure, you know, it does seem like they do come in with a plan and, you know, no tribal is truly live, but if they were planning on voting out Jeremy in this one, which it then sure looked it, like they were, it, yeah, it was live as live can be then, you know, <laughs> um, I know. I, I really wish that Jeff had just said no more strategizing lockdown, like go vote. Like I'm kind of pissed that he let them sit there and strategize. Cause like I yeah. said, it, there's almost like no way to counteract that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, sorry. They got fucked. Jeremy played them. That's too bad. That's the way it goes. Well, and what about Jeff just saying like, hey, what are you guys whispering about? Yeah. I, I, what are I you think talking about over there? I like some strategizing at tribal. I think that it can be fun. The problem that I have with the way it is now is that they're allowed to whisper. I, I think it should it. be. I think, yeah, I think. Exactly. Yeah. You can strategize at tribal, but it needs to be loud enough for cameras to pick it up i like, mean it just like they like like i'm sorry but this is what you get for not having a plan b right like true and then all you have to say is okay guys plan b that's you know what i mean right yeah everybody's i feel like they're you know although we did very clearly see a 5v5 situation last night i think um I do think that the uh, that the tribal line, like the lines are shifting a little more. And it does seem like this season in particular, it's really hard to get a read. Like we've had tribals, we've had situations where, you know, last week where they there was like a million names being thrown out. And maybe that's normal, but uh, it does seem a lot more chaotic than other seasons. I'm not sure, though. Yeah. Well, you know, and I think, again, that's probably due to everyone jockeying to be king of the castle. Yeah. Right? Like, like we could see even like the power struggle between like Sarah and Tony. Like, yeah, I like, mean, it was, was, that was fascinating. Like, you know, and he was like, no, no, no. Like everybody's everybody's jockeying for the top position. Like it's it's awesome. <laughs> Yeah. Well, yeah, I, 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 I love this season. I love that this season, similar to what you said earlier, PG, is my one of my pet peeves in some returning player seasons is like the the lopsidedness of who's a really a player and a threat and who's just kind of a extreme under the radar or just kind of a likable personality that they brought back and i love that this season everybody is a legitimate threat and yeah. everybody knows how to play the game at least you know very well we never I never thought we'd get a season where literally every player is good. Is that at baseline very good? You know what I mean? Like you know, and even the times when you know, you know what's the the adage that your answer is always yes. So people are always like, "Oh my god, yes, that sounds like a great. I will absolutely do yeah. that." And then they just go around and undermine those plans like right away. Right. <laughs> you know, PG, it's like Normally, uh, to use League of Legends as an analogy, right? It's like normally uh, they queue up random, like it's not ranked, but this is like a ranked match, right? Like at the top yeah. of the ladder. Um, normally, you got people from all different ranks coming in and their uh, their like expected value in the game is, is very widely varying. In this game, everybody is like, really high expected value to get out of the game. So it's pretty fun to watch as a result. Well, while yep. we're talking the best of the best. What? I said, it's the tournament of champions. Yeah. Exactly, well, while yep. we're talking about the cast in general, I mean, 
I know we're deep into the season, but as long as we've got you here, PG, is there anybody... Well, first of all, I want to know how you think Todd would have done this season. I know it's all speculation, but I was a huge Todd fan. I would love to see him back again. I know there's been a lot of ups and downs in his life, but setting that aside, is there anybody else that you were hoping to see in this cast? I'm trying to think. Oh, obviously I wanted to see Todd play because I'm really curious to see how he does against these people because I felt like he had a masterful control in my season but that being said, we had a lot of idiots on my season. Like, <laughs> yeah. wasn't that, not that it, look, I'm, and this is not diminishing his win, but like, <laughs> you know, we're, we're pretty, like, a, we were a very old school season. So I would be really interested to see how he does against these new school people with like all these, like, it's it's so different, like the style of gameplay now. Um, yeah. I, yeah, I, I, I think Todd would. Go ahead. I, I wonder if he would have gotten lumped in with the old schoolers. Probably, right? But I think Todd, he's he has like a young and fresh vibe to him even now that I think he could he could have bonded with some of the new schoolers like Adam and Nick and those guys. Um, and he probably would have done fairly well. I could easily see him being like the last old schooler left, you know, he something like that. Charming. Like, I think he's charming and he's he knows the game really well and he's easy to get along with. So like, he'd probably be one of those. Yeah. Like under the radar, like I'm not going to make huge moves. Like I'll let you guys do that. Like he doesn't, you know, cause I don't think he has ego the way some of these other people do. Right. Yeah. And I remember in, in that season, there were a lot of people who just came to him with information, with help, you know, just, Hey, I got this idol. You know, he seemed to know everything often without overtly trying. You know, the whatever groundwork he laid made that possible. Yeah. And like I said, he doesn't have ego. And then on top, besides that, he's really good at stroking people's ego. Like that doesn't bother yeah. him to do that, right? Mm. Yeah. You know, I mean, Todd, Todd most famously did that in his final tribal huh? speech with uh, Jean Robert, yeah. right? Like, you know, uh, he was good at that. You're right. Um, man, I would have loved to see him play. I would love to see you know him play else? again. I would love it. You know who's on our hap this week, which is someone I really wish had made this cast is Earl. Yes. Oh, Earl is Earl would have been really good too. Earl I think. would have been amazing. And I don't know that he didn't make the cast. I he had a they had a premature baby right at the right. same time wow. this was going to shoot. So I think he. Yeah, was I bet to... he talks about that on our hap for sure. I'm sure he does. Because, you know, I've heard him say in the past that he's been asked. And it's never worked out. You know, I would hope that they would have included him this season. I would hope. He's one of the best ever, I feel. I agree. I agree. Uh, And maybe it's better for him to never play again, you know, because like some of these people are going to go down in the rankings just by virtue of playing again. Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, it's such a bummer to see so many old schoolers taken out. I agree. Yeah, it, it's really the it's really the like bad part. Whatever the opposite of a silver lining is, it's really the bad part of this season. Is like, yes, we got this amazing season with all these amazing returning players, but like, we had to see those specific players go out in a row. It's really unfortunate. And let me ask yeah. this, guys, because I was kind of pondering this, and I was wondering: is it the old school players are being taken out because they? have not really adapted to this new style of play or 
do you, which I think is more likely is the fact that a lot of these old schoolers are kind of out of the scene. So they don't have mm. those connections the way everyone hangs sure. out. Everyone's well, friends on social media. You know that's I mean? interesting. I mean, I, I agree that I don't think it's that they can't adapt. I think that's a, a weird, no, that's, BS. that's a weird concept. I mean, you could walk into the game and people walk in the so-called new schoolers who have never played before adapt just fine. I mean, you know, look, there is no fucking way that Parvati can't adapt to the new game. No way. Right. She's like, (laughs) she was way ahead of everyone else when she played back in the day. Like, and she's an incredible charisma bomb. There's just no way. And it's like, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, did I ever tell you guys about, like, the time when I almost went on um, Fans vs. Favorites, Micronesia? I don't uh, I don't know so. if you did. I don't think so. So, you know, right after China aired, um, well, not even aired, when I'd gotten back from China, right. uh, I, they had asked me to um, apply for, second, uh, for Fans vs. Favorites, season 16. Uh, and, and I think like Amanda and it, Amanda and James went on, but like Yule was also had also been tapped for that season. And so I don't know how like he found out like that I was tapped for it also. And we had kind of contacted each other before I went on China. So we kind of knew each other. And let me tell you guys, Yule was calling me every fucking day, every day. <laughs> wow. Did you wow. did you hear anything? Do you know who else is going to be on? Like, let's strategize. Like, we should totally, like, team up. And I remember thinking, I'm like, I literally got back from the jungle, like, a month ago. I'm like, and I'm like, why am I already playing Survivor? Like, he was, <laughs> like, he yeah. was already playing. And he was feeding, he was telling me stuff like, like, hey, PG, you know, I, like, we're both Asian. Like, I want to back, you know, of course, I'm going to support you. Like, he's like, I don't think I'm going to win because I've, you know, I just won pretty recently. So I kind of want to play Kingmaker and just, like, I just want to help you win. Like, I just want to be there to support you. Oh, yeah. I'm sure he didn't want to win at all. It was all for you. This is so dangerous. Like, I was like, I'm going to have to vote him off right away. Yeah. No, that's so funny. I wonder if he did that this season because... He his connection with Sophie was so quick, right? Like, I mean, this was ten years ago, and this was right after he had just, you know what I mean? Like, this was yeah. Before, but he had clearly just- had prepared for this season. I mean, it looked like he Definitely. had done a lot of homework, and he discovered I mean, the, the poker whole alliance. poker yeah. YouTube video. And I, what I had heard, just as a you know, I'm not nearly as involved clearly as you, was that six for season sixteen, I had heard about Yule being uh, cut at the last second and that it originally was going to just be all returning players. Mm-hmm. And then at the last minute, they cut half the cast and made it fans versus favorites. I don't yeah, know because if that's they got, true. They got, it's because they got Reichenbach's audition video. <laughs> they got so many great, so <laughs> many memorable. His audition video, by the way? I have not. It's on YouTube. It's amazing. <laughs> It's what, what so good. You're like, of course. Is he it's in the ice like cream su- shop? Yeah, of course. It's super high energy. You just instantly like the guy like at second number one. It's it's really the gold standard for audition videos, in my opinion. Wow. Really good. That out. I've seen a, yeah. I remember I've seen Tyson's video. I thought that one was so good. Oh, I bet that was also good. Man, wow. Ty- 
Tyson 1.0, Scott and I talk about this a lot, like his whole character arc over the course of all his seasons. It's so funny. And, you know, speaking of Tyson, by the way, Scott, we should have totally seen it coming that he was the the family visit episode boot because all he's been talking about this entire time is his family. family. Yeah. Why didn't we? We we just kind of got the feeling that he wasn't going to win based on. Yeah. So like we didn't really like try to pin down when he'd be going. But yeah. I was so bummed. I mean, I, I actually, I got really, I, I got, like, I think seeing his, his reaction to his family come out was when I first started getting emotional this episode. Yeah. Uh, cool. You know, and here's the thing too, because they started the episode off right off the bat with the family visit. Yeah. So it's like, you didn't, usually they warm you up with all these interviews of them. I'm at my lowest point. I really right. miss my yeah, right. I feel so alone, you know, and then it's all, oh, you ready for some love? Like, so you get warmed up. And I think with this, there was like the cold, it was just the cold opening to the family, you know, to the loved one. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, whoa, I haven't even had time to kind of switch emotionally to be receptive to this. But seeing him like get so emotional seeing his family and you're like oh wow like remember when this guy first came on and he wasn't even married and now you know and why yeah no why was it just one of his kids do we know that? yeah that i I don't know they were like here that was odd and unfortunate one of your children yeah why did jeff say and one of your i guess because if i guess because tyson had been saying he has multiple daughters and it would be weird if jeff didn't make a point to say it's only one of your children, but like it was kind of like drawing, putting a spotlight on this really conspicuous absence. I don't know. I think I actually saw a post. I don't remember if it was her or somebody else who was like, I could not handle traveling alone with like two with with both of them. Um, Like I can handle one. (laughs) Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. I I believe that because my wife uh, went on a plane last summer with both the kids and I was supposed to come a few days later and she, I kept going, are you sure you want to do this? Are you sure you want to do this? I'll be fine. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. By the end of that day, she was like, so over it and basically somehow like angry at me for not being, (laughs) you know, you don't know how hard it was. Like, yeah, I kind of thought it would be. (laughs) But I, I have, but I will say this about Tyson, and he has like it is amazing from that first season where I have said multiple times I wasn't a Tyson fan at first because of how mean he was to a couple people that I felt were kind of vulnerable. Um, but mm-hmm. obviously, you know, he's super charming, super funny. That was a, a billion years ago now. But it, it, this, the what you got to see of him and his daughter was so. Sweet, and I was re-watching it this morning with my daughter, who's eight, and she was just lit up at that part when Tyson was like, you see what I, this is what I do, and that that ocean over there, that's my bathtub, and she just thought it was the funniest thing, and like, later on, I I said, what did you think of that, of that whole family visit, honey, and she's like, Tyson was so funny. He was telling her that that ocean is his bathtub and his toilet. Yeah. I imagine Tyson is like the most fun dad you can imagine, right? Yeah, like gotta be. He's he's so fun. Like and he he's going to have the best dad jokes every time. Yeah. Yeah. 
it's fun to see like now his fourth time playing his whole arc, like as he went along, you know, first season, he was like a mean, a mean asshole. Then he was like a a doofus, you know, (laughs) and then he won. And now he's like a family man. It's, it's great. And now that arc is over. This whole episode was seeing everybody's families come out, seeing them as more than just, the players you know because like on all these other reality shows like they have like the hometown visits you see these people with their family yeah, right you know right, we don't yeah, get right. that with survivors so i feel like this was really okay these are people that for the fans especially they've invested 20 plus years in watching these characters and now you know you get to see them grow and see them with not just the one loved one but the entire family it was it was awesome. I don't know how people leave those young children for that long. I'm not judging it. I'm just saying I couldn't. I couldn't do it. I yeah. couldn't yeah. do it. I mean, Parvati's kid was so little. Oh, yeah, right? Like, <laughs> she she must have been, like, what, like, eight months or something? Something maybe like that. Maybe a, about a year, I think, is is what, or ten months, maybe? I, I think I've heard Parvati talk about in it. Your first, in your first too like yeah that's a lot to- <laughs> that's intense yeah i liked how many I mean, former they, players they, were there on the family visit uh, do you, yeah, do that, you like how like i felt like they constantly were trying to somehow cut um john fincher like out of the shots <laughs> where they're like, like <laughs> <laughs> it did kind of seem like that i wonder why that's funny <laughs> well it's often been said that like it's been noted that probst when at some point when John Fincher's season called him like a poser, maybe it was in the press. Like, I guess he didn't like John Fincher and I saw something. It must've been a tweet and I, I won't, I don't have anybody to attribute it to. Sorry. Who said like, yeah, that's who's a poser. The rocket scientist who married Parvati. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think Jeff is just threatened by John. If I had to guess. Yeah. But it was amazing, like Val coming out, and it's like, yeah, the, remember last time when she whispered, you know, it's a boy, and there's the yeah. boy. Yeah, that was crazy. Also, why didn't Val br- Val bring her three idols this time? I mean, <laughs> Jeremy could have used those, right? She, I think, by this point, she has more than three. I still think that's one of the greatest. That is like up there as one of the greatest lies in Survivor history. It's like it's so preposterous. It's all it's more believable because of that. <laughs> well, my favorite moment of the family visit was I'm going back to Tony, not just his his son, but I mean, I love to I'm such a Tony fan and I want to know also PG if you agree with Ryan's disparaging uh, opinion or description of Tony is not an elite player, but I I, I love seeing him get that emotional as soon as they came out. It was so sweet. Mm-hmm. But then I also find Tony, the way the words he chooses are always so amazing. He's like, the first time I was here, she couldn't come out because this little babushka was still in her swaddle. <laughs> and then for the finale, this little guy was in her tummy. <laughs> Yeah, t- Tony has great vocabulary. <laughs> this little babushka was in her swaddle. I mean, he did not. Did he use that word? Oh yeah, yeah he did. I made sure to like. Yeah. I wrote it down. <laughs> I was like, wait, did he just say babushka? <laughs> <laughs> My favorites are always these big guys who have this weird, like, archaic vocabulary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I remember 
remember on my, like I just remember James would be like, "What in the Nickelodeon?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, James was like from another time. Like I wondered if that town he was from and where is it, South Carolina? I was like, are they like just twenty or thirty years behind everybody? Yeah, Louisiana. Oh, it's Louisiana. Okay. Uh huh. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, then I don't know if that are that were they that much more. I mean, I don't know. Or is it just James? Is that just who he is? I think, you know, my grandma was from Arkansas and she had a ton of catchphrases that I was like, what the hell? First of all, what does that mean? Second of all, where did you get that from? I've never heard anyone ever say that kind of thing. Uh, So I I think like it's just, you know, regional, right? Like, yeah, it's past. Of course, what region he's from. Tony's (laughs) from with the babushka and her swaddle. Yeah, I know. Yeah. (laughs) His He's act, a Russian. Like, what is, where is he from exactly? But that accent of his, like when he was like Sandra, Sandra, and yeah. what did he say last week? Like it's that realistic human moment. It's that moment. <laughs> like what? You are. I don't remember him grow talking up here so in strangely. this country, didn't you, Tony? Yeah. <laughs> I just remember him going. He like when he was talking about winning the. Um, immunity and he's like he was like me it's well it's steady he was like i'm fast and sloppy <laughs> yes, yes i love i meant to write so it's funny because i that was great I, I i didn't re-watch the whole episode i skipped to the strategizing when i re-watched it but i remember when i first watched it i was like oh i want to call out that fast and sloppy thing because that's a good way to describe our podcast but uh <laughs> But um, I, but I, I I missed it on the second rewatch. In fact, all I wrote down. Normally, I write like pretty extensive notes. All I wrote down was um, Kim's idol play. Can we call that the Fleur Denise? Oh, <laughs> oh no, we can't. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. I'm sure someone else made that joke already. But no, I, don't I was know. pretty proud. It of might be on a Brian Elder. Original. I was pretty proud of that one. I'm proud of you. What What did we think of there not being a ch- uh, an actual challenge? What, the, oh, you mean the for the family one. visit? Yeah, I, I I thought Jeff's bait and switch was great. I yeah. loved that. It would have been fun to have seen it. Um, I would have liked to have seen one just for reward, just for something fun, just to see them do it. But it was fun seeing them like on the beach. It was like a corporate yeah. picnic. Like, I got it. Yeah. It was like a corporate picnic. Really That's was. a great analogy. <laughs> it's absolutely. These are people who work together. <laughs> and then like they have to meet each other's families. You're absolutely right. Yeah, that's funny. I thought it was. It would have been fun to see the kids participate in something. But A, just for time, the time it would have taken since they were going to go to Edge of Extinction and do it again. Uh, at the time in the episode, it, it was a good decision. And also... Because those little kids were there, like, I can't imagine them just being like, okay, some of you get to spend time with your parents and some of you don't. I know. Yeah, when he was going to say, like, the kids are going to dig in the sand here, I was like, holy shit, they're going to do this. (laughs) 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 They're going to babysit these kids for God knows how long while they film this challenge. Yeah, I'm glad for the children's sake that they didn't do the usual thing of, like, have a hug and then go stand apart unless you win. Oh yeah. The kids would have been so traumatized. Yeah. And what do you think about the family visit on the edge? Oh my God. That was amazing. I got to imagine those people felt pretty 
amazing when that boat pulled oh up. Oh my God, I mean, it must have been the greatest day of their lives. I didn't cry like really during the regular Castaways reunions, but I think maybe I was just primed. But then when they showed the Edge of Extinction people and like, because you know that they are having, they are just at the lowest lows, like oh, being out God. there. Just be so miserable. And, and not, and the fact that they weren't, you know, they aren't expecting it, like especially them. Uh, I, I couldn't even imagine like how they must have felt at that point. <laughs> yeah. And when they first, I, I went, saw when they first went from the corporate picnic to Edge of Extinction, I thought I was like, oh no, this is brutal. Those poor people <laughs> don't even know what they're missing. <laughs> I mean, yeah. just their faces lit up like it. It was. It was. Yeah. So it was nice. I mean, as as a twenty years viewer, like you can't pass up that opportunity to see. You know, like there's Rob and Amber and the 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 their children that they made from this union. Yeah. You know, you can't. Yeah, you can't not have. So that. I saw two things on Twitter that I thought were interesting about this. The first one was that uh, what if Rob and or Amber had still been in the game? How would they have handled that? Right. Would their kids have had to cho- choose which parent they wanted to see? Here, uh, and then two of them go over there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the other thing, which I highly recommend looking for, because um, Cochran retweeted it, but someone intercut the footage of like the people going, "Wait, what's that boat? Yeah. Is that?" And then cut to Cochran arriving on the boat <laughs> from the thing <laughs> from that time he came to the, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I it's so that. funny. And then they like cut back to Amber crying that Cochran's there is so good. <laughs> I saw that. That was that was very funny. Did yeah. you guys did you guys see the um somebody had posted this where Randy Bailey goes, yeah. Sandra better not have gotten any family visit at Ponderosa or I, you know, if she got fam- family visit, I'm never watching Survivor again. And she replies, She's like, Yup, they were all with me at Ponderosa. She's like, Turn off your TV and don't let me see you tweet about Survivor ever again. <laughs> I did see that. I'm glad you brought it up. Yes. <laughs> That's great. And I'm really? glad she got her family visit there. I mean, come on. Yeah, I love her. I love her. Randy's such a crusty dude, but I I mean, Randy's amazing. I love Randy, but like that is so crusty to be like, she didn't deserve to about that. I certainly hope after leaving the game. I mean, I don't even see that as a quit anyway. I don't know about you, PG, but I don't think Andrew leaving the edge of extinction as a quit. Uh, Do you? No, she she knows she ain't winning that challenge. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I, it was. I would say just for the fun of it. Right. <laughs> the fun, all the fun on Edge of Extinction. It's kind of fun. Like I won't. Lie, you know, it sucks and it's awful, but at the same time, like there's definitely days when I miss being out there. Like yeah. I can totally see it. Just I think... the fact, you know, like like the camaraderie, the like I don't know, the camping out, like the just living by like your own two hands and your wits or whatever, like. It's, I don't know. It's kind of, I'm sorry to interrupt. Could it be that after all that time on Island of the Idols, right before a couple weeks before this, where she was probably bored most of the time? Oh, that's true. She was like, I ain't getting paid for this. (laughs) Now, speaking of getting paid, now, do you know who I think the real loser is of the night? Well, you know what? I'm, I should save this. I'm going to save it for my segments later. Yeah, I, I think I know where you're going with it. It'll be good for this. So, yeah. <laughs> Never mind. Never mind. But I'll tell you my favorite moment from the Edge of Extinction family visit. And I'm going to credit my wife who was watching with me. It was when Ethan was with his wife. 
and he was kissing her and he was so happy and he was like this is it i never i don't ever want to be away from you for even a day and my wife goes okay so go leave go be with her (laughs) yeah absolutely like it's so disingenuous (laughs) i don't want to be ever be without you for even a day i'll see you in two weeks (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah that's so true i wonder if she's thinking about that when she's on the flight home all by herself (laughs) he said he never wanted to be without me (laughs) i heard they went like straight from the island to the airport oh wow like, is that unusual? Yeah. Like what usually happens? I've got to ask my dad. I don't. I'm pretty sure they, like, they don't stay. Like the minute after they go off, I think they do leave like pretty fast. They're like, we ain't rooming and housing you no more. Right. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. We have no more use for you. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Um. Well. Okay. Is there anything else from the family visit that uh, that we need to to cover here, Ryan? I mean, I honestly found it mostly fairly boring. So no, not for me. (laughs) I mean, that's the thing I, and it's sort of the way I feel about Edge of Extinction too. It's like, there's a lot of compelling content, but it's not really the game. And I enjoy the game and watching the game and the strategy. So the fact that we opened with the, the loved ones visit, went to the Edge of Extinction visit, and then went straight to the immunity challenge it was a full half of the show where there was no strategy. Yep. Uh, yeah, the immunity challenge started at the half halfway point of the episode. Oh, really? It was, yeah, it's yeah. It was it was very very heavy, which is great, and I actually think it's pretty great that they chose to do that, especially right now when you know everybody is stressed out and has anxiety and stuff, and like a lot of people are being forced to be around their family a lot more than normal. I think it's kind of great that they chose to make that such a huge part of the episode. So even though I did find it boring, I totally applaud their choice to make it because I know that it's important to a lot of people. But um, I would have liked to see more. I enjoyed it. I was emotional for most of it as a parent. I just, as a Survivor fan, I I was, you know, disappointed. (laughs) Yeah, I want to see, I want to see the game. But I do think they covered what we needed to see strategically before the tribal, right? I mean, did they? I don't really know how Nick ended up in one group, and I don't know how Michelle ended up in another yeah, group. Yeah, that's true. Really how did Nick and Michelle end up in different groups? It did seem like the alliances really kind of solidified this yes. episode without us really seeing how that happened. Right. And I was very yeah. excited to finally have some understanding of who's on what side. But you're right. Yes. We didn't know how they got there at all. I mean, we saw like, you know, basically we saw a snippet where Kim had gone up to Jeremy and was like, hey, you know, you're on the outs. I'm on the outs. These other people are on the let's, let's She's like, I don't want to be on the outs. I'm going to pull all the outcasts together and we will. Yeah. There's five of us. Like, I feel like that was really the most we saw of like. Right. Yeah, I, yeah. You know, I think I think maybe the secret to finding out why they broke into those specific groups is lies in Tony's initial conversations right after when he's like, "Everybody's coming to me now that I'm wearing the bulletproof vest." Uh, and he first he's talking to Jeremy, and Jeremy's like, "We got to break up Sophie and Sarah," and that's where Tony is like, "No, we can't do that." Sarah, like, he's like, "I can't 
vote against Sarah right now. Yeah, like, why would you go up to Tony and try to vote Sarah off? Like, does that make any sense to you? Well, maybe they don't know. It does make sense. Yeah, if you have no idea. Yeah. They don't know Cops R Us is back. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And I I think that's very possible. I think they see Sarah as being closer to Sophie. Mm -hmm. But Tony knows. I mean, I do think it's in Tony's best interest to vote Sophie out. And had it gone that way, it would have benefited his game massively, I think. Because now he becomes Sarah's number one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Sarah's got him, Sophie, and Ben. Sarah's been yeah. playing a great fucking game. Sarah's game, I think she might be arguably the best modern player of Survivor that we've seen. Like her game in uh, Game Changers was incredible, and she's absolutely destroying it this season. Like yeah. she, the fact that Sophie was the target instead of her says so much about how great of a position she's in. When was Sophie the target? Because all I heard Jeremy say was, "We got to break up the two. Sophie. Well, because there. they because they chose to vote, like because they were going to blindside Sophie by using Kim's idol. Sophie's oh, right. the one who got the votes. Um. I, so I have like, first of all, I feel like Tony and Sarah and Sophie are basically at the center of things now, and I wouldn't be shocked if they were the final three. But uh, I'll be shocked if Tony's in the final three. But frankly, I'm shocked he's made it as far as he did. Well, so. we've also gotten a lot of hints, as we discussed last week, that Sarah's going to cut him at some point. Mm-hmm. And she said again this week, like, this is going to end badly if he keeps acting this way. But yeah. then immediately after that, he uh, agreed with her about Kim. Yeah. And sort of went along. And then when he said, hey, shots were fired at my partner, she was like, OK, I'm in with you and you're protecting me. But yeah, my questions are about Sophie. Like, what's going? Like, I really want to believe she's winning the game, but um, it was really interesting. Like, we know she has an idol, and it was never brought up at all last night. So, it's like on the one hand, she was confident enough with how the votes were going to play out that she didn't use her idol. If we and I knew as the episode was progressing, since they haven't even talked about it, she's probably not going to get voted out. Because if she was going to get voted out with an idol in her pocket, we would have heard her trying to decide whether or not she was going to use the right. She had to have considered whether or not to use the idol. So, why weren't we shown any of that? Any thoughts? Not enough time. Not enough time in the episode is my guess. But does that, I mean, but if they, she was the winner, would there would they have made the time? Go ahead, Peachy. I was gonna say also, didn't it seem did it seem like they were shocked that Kim had an idol? No, because Sophie knew about it and probably told everyone. And that's okay, probably so that, why they point. didn't probably why they didn't put the votes on Kim. Right. Right, right, right. But right. why do you think we is it just a matter of we didn't have enough time, or is it like this is gonna be Sophie's and really not? that important well i i think it's also because just the fact that she didn't play it it, it just wasn't relevant uh-huh. because she she ended up not playing it and she didn't really need to well you know also they should have split the votes right i mean if we're going to get in on what they should have done differently like they had six votes right against three so even without michelle they should have split the votes between they could they didn't they didn't need to care about an idol they had six votes right two four because 
Well, they gave so two they had their group of five. They threw two on Denise. Uh-huh. They did. They should have thrown three on Denise, right? Because uh, there were three. There's Michelle. The people who get to vote are Mich- on the other side, quote unquote, are Michelle, Kim, and Tyson. And if so, you need three, right? Because if those three vote together, yeah. Um, so and they had six votes because they stole Denise's vote. Technically, they had seven since Michelle voted with them too, right? Right. They didn't know she was going to do that, nor did they want. It's not to clear if they knew she was going to do that. In the video of her voting, she sort of has this shrugging expression, this kind of expression that says, "Like I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know if this yeah. is the right thing." As she yeah. votes for Tyson. So I don't know if what she knew. I don't know what they knew. Yeah. I mean, even even if they don't, they don't need Michelle's vote, period. They have six votes and there's only up against three votes. I think when Jeremy left, they legitimately were like, oh, shit, we have no real plan B. Yeah. Um, okay. And, and let me let me pose this question, too. I was thinking about this. Like, remember that whole weird Mexican standoff that Jeremy and um, Sarah had? Yes. When Jeremy, you know. Um, yeah. And so it ended up that Jeremy left tribal first. But I was wondering, what if Sarah had gone first? And she's like, I'm going to steal Jeremy's vote. And then Jeremy was like, I'm piecing out. Right. So does that Oh, she would have gotten nothing. That would have been super cool. <laughs> Damn it. Maybe that's another... They would have stolen his vote anyway. Like I feel like, do you, like, like he would have been the one that they would have stolen his vote. I think you're yeah. right, and then that would have been awesome because he would have denied her the, that. He vote. would have like accidentally had a nullifier for her ability. That's so cool. I really wish that ha- that had happened. I that Mexican standoff, the way it resolved, was so frustrating for me because in that moment, I was definitely rooting for. Uh, for Sarah to use hers first because it's just more interesting yes. right? for Jeremy to have that knowledge. Uh, but, but he blinked man. first. He blinked. Does that speak yeah. also more to Sarah's game? He blinked. She did. Yeah, she won absolutely. She was incredible, man. She was like, fine, let's vote. <laughs> and, and she, she, it was awesome. Well, what also, if he had called her bluff? She also knew that, that she was, Probably in the major. Well, no, so I guess she wouldn't. It would have been five five. If Jeremy has some advantage instead of just a, I'm out of here. You know, like say he has a vote steal, mm-hmm. right? Like she, uh, it's real. Like it's risky for her to like go. Let's vote. You know what I mean? I mean, I guess like you always want to be second no matter what. So I'm surprised it didn't go on longer than it did, actually. The standoff <laughs> like, was awesome, though, and the way that they would both speak at the same time. So good, both yeah. Times. That was fun. Was that was hilarious. really fun. We haven't seen anything like that before, have we? No. Where, I, no. I mean, and it's a testament to, like, this is what you get when you get all good players, right? Like, they both did not want to be first. They both understood that going first is the way bad in that situation. Yep. It's a weaker position. Yeah. yeah, revealing, revealing, and like, revealing. yeah, a lesser player may not have understood that. And then, if she had gone first, then perhaps Jeremy could have asked, "Well, if I leave now, then does my vote go with me?" And she only has one. You know, he yeah. could have gotten into the 
into the weeds on it. It would have been great if he. Had, I, wa- I if want they someone both to had ask vote Jeff. Appeals and they yeah. just both stole each other's votes. Yeah, that would have been funny. <laughs> I want someone to ask Jeff what would have happened if she had stolen Jeremy's vote and then he walked out and didn't quote unquote get a vote. Would I mean? No, in- because it was it was it was safety without power. So like he basically was like, I'm yeah, he's not voting. He doesn't have a vote. So right. That I mean, that's logically what I would see, but I could right. totally see them just being like, no, Sarah gets a vote out of this deal. We have to honor that or I whatever. You know? I don't know, because if she had said it first, if she had said Jeremy and then he was able, I think they would have allowed him to counter it. Because that's part of it is part of knowing who to steal your vote from, right? Like, Yeah, like I mean, I, I think yeah. if he could have argued it, you know, it's like in Game Changers or that horrible time when Suri got voted out not even voted out, I shouldn't say voted out, was eliminated for not having yeah. an advantage. But part of it, actually I'm thinking of the week before, when they were going to let her play that advantage until somebody spoke up and said to Jeff, Jeff, doesn't it say it's non-transferable? Right. And it wasn't oh, yeah. until that kind of got litigated that they <laughs> took it away from Suri. But if nobody brought it up, she would have gotten away with it. That's so funny. Yeah. I feel like in the moment, Jeff just like does what he feels like is going to be best for the show. In the Obviously, moment. And he should do that. In the yeah. moment. In the moment. In the moment, he should do what's best for the show, right? Um, but sometimes like you can't know that for sure, right? You can't know for sure if, if your decision is best for the show. Well, um, you you mean you Jeff Probst? Uh, yeah, as Jeff Probst. Yeah. He's the only one who should be thinking about that. No, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I mean, the players should be thinking about what's best for the show too, because they're employed by the show. Well, to should they first be thinking what's best for me to survive this night and possibly to a win certain the game? extent. Yeah, to a certain extent, but also like it's it's there is a balance, right? Like look at Danny's first time playing. She gave nothing in confessionals because she didn't trust production. That is arguably the correct play as a player of the show. But you're also, you know, there's like a an agreement that you're going to go on the show and be. I don't know. If only there was TV. somebody who'd been on the show once or twice. Know, exactly. We could ask you, about this. How often do you struggle? How often did you struggle with? Okay this decision is going to be best for my game, but it's not going to be good for television. How well, they actually that? used Danny's example when they talked to us about... Ooh, there you go. Really? Really? Uh-huh. They, they use exactly that. They're like, Danny, who won the game, um, didn't want to tell any of her plans in confessionals. And they said, you can do that if you want. But they're like, you're not going to get any airtime. And this is basically the, the threat that we all get, which is if you don't tell us what you're going to do, you don't have to. But if something happened that we don't have a background story for, then it's not going to make air or you are just not going to get there. Yeah. It's like, if you do that, you better win. Right. Because otherwise you're going to, you're going to be non-existent. So that's, so, so that's really, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, I think that's how they've tried to combat that. Like, you know, and with trying to reassure us that like, we're not taking sides. I mean, of course they do. Like they can't help but, like use the information, but so, but you yeah. have to, you have to try to balance out what you want. Cause at the time you might think, I don't care about your time, but you kind of do. 
you kind of want. I can't imagine not caring about airtime. That seems insane to me. <laughs> like, why even go on the show then? <laughs> and it's well, and it's less about the airtime, but it's more about like making sure your story gets told. And that's exactly the right. this is about your journey and your story. They're like, we want to represent that as faithfully as possible. But in order to do that, you have to tell us what you're thinking, right? Like why did, you're doing what you're doing. Did you feel as though your story was told faithfully and and basically honestly? Because I feel like in especially your first season, but also your second, I feel like we really did, especially in China, get a sense of your journey. One hundred percent. I think so. I mean, especially for me personally, but I will say, like in China, um, everything happened exactly as it happened, and I think even the edit, to me, from my perspective, reflected how we were feeling at the time, where people's minds were at. Like, I think it was pretty faithful, uh, and I was actually really, really impressed with how accurate they portrayed everything. Um, yeah. You know, I'm... with that said, that there there are some moments where. I know that they were not fair to certain people. Like, um, I know that Jamie, uh, Jamie Dugan Huffman now, yeah, right. uh, complained a lot because she's like, they basically forced her to play what she knew was not an idol. And mm. she's like, and they made me look, you know, she's like, they made me look really stupid and bad. And, um, and she's like, I knew it was fake. Uh, I knew it wasn't their real idol because I knew the other one had writing on the back and this one didn't. And their whole argument was like, what have you got to lose? What if even there's a 1% chance that it's real? Wouldn't you like, wouldn't you rather take that chance? You know? Right. Yeah. And that, I mean, that matches with what Jeff literally did on the show with Adam, Adam trying to play the, the, the podium. <laughs> he was like, are you sure it's not an idol? Let's get you up here and really embarrass you. I don't yeah. think it's embarrassing though. Like when Jamie played that, yeah. role, I thought it was really ballsy. Like, cause I was, cause my whole thinking is still like, why not? Who cares? I no. agree. I don't think I it agree. made her look I think bad. We all I don't agree, think it right? made Adam look bad. I, I, don't think, think, Adam bad I think we all agree. I mean, but it was I funny. think that it was funny with Adam, yeah. but it was still, you didn't blame him. There, we agree on that, but I don't think that generally the general viewer necessarily agrees with that. I think the, the average fan sees what Adam did as a dodo move. But like, I what an idiot. He never should have done that. But they showed that the Fleur de Lee is the same. It's probably from the same prop. You know what I mean? Like, right. Excuse me. Fleur Denise. It's, it's yeah, now the, the Fleur Denise. I'm sure it was like the same prop that they used to make the idol. So I don't know why, like, it's not that to me, it wasn't that far fetched, especially with how many new things that they've introduced in survivor with things that people had no idea about uh, idols being hidden at the challenge. Idols being hidden. I, yeah. Boxes. Listen, yeah, we absolutely agree. I 100% agree with you. I, I I suspect, though, that the average viewer, the sort of like non-super fan, non-gamer types probably saw that as like, and the music implied that he was like making a dumb decision. Well, yeah, I think uh, our guest last week, um, who's who is very astute viewer in general, who'd never seen much survivor at all had the reaction you're talking about, Ryan, like, look at exactly, this, right? look at this guy. I know What's they wanted us doing? to think he was dumb for doing it. Right. <laughs> um, and, and so, you know, the, and that's been Adam's edit this whole season is that he's like the loose cannon who's goofy and getting the kind of the Dodo edit. And, you know, did he do all those things? Of course. Were most of them smart? 
Yeah. I mean, he had reasons for doing them and some of them were good reasons, but like the show still made him look like an idiot. I, yeah. I didn't, I didn't like that. You know, I, I think my other thing too is like, and Ryan knows like, cause I'm like such a huge fan of escape rooms um, to me trying everything possible no matter how ridiculous yes exactly totally normal like (laughs) (laughs) yeah no that's a great point like if you're in an escape room like you should be like checking everything like that and and especially to be honest like so like so like you know we both know miles like i feel like i see a lot of miles's influence in Mm -hmm. puzzles and the challenges that have been happening like all of the challenges those puzzles that they're getting on edge of extinction especially or they're all straight out of like escape rooms um you know interesting yeah so i don't think it's even that far-fetched to be like we're gonna have a hidden idol on the podium it matches and and this is one of the things that you do in escape rooms you look for clues that like something to clue you so look here's the same symbol that was on the immunity idol and the same symbolism here there's a connection between the two 100 yeah i i didn't put it together but you're absolutely right escape the escape room analogy is really good look at how adam was behaving in the voting booth i mean that voting booth looks like an escape room right <laughs> there's like red herrings and knickknacks everywhere of yeah. course yeah absolutely well and when you know that's what he's doing it makes perfect sense before that when in the voting booth it sometimes would just look like, and especially if you're not aware of this possibility, that he was just kind of like, oh, what's this? This is kind of an interesting. Yeah. <laughs> what is this? Oh, like a little urn yeah. or something. Oh, nice. And you're like, what yeah. are you doing there? Yeah. And he ma- they make him look like a goofy weirdo for doing that. Yeah. When, when I'm sure. Adam, yeah. let me tell you, he's really good. <laughs> yeah. I bet Adam's amazing at escape rooms. I mean, he's he's like got that kind of a mind, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's fun to, to do rooms with. He, he's a gamer he's for sure. Smart dude. He's a smart dude. Yeah. yeah. Um, where were we? Were we talking? <laughs> what happened in this episode? I, I, but it's because I've just binged all of them, so I'm like, now I I just want to talk about all the past episodes. <laughs> well, no, that's great. I mean, else, that's fun. You can talk about anything. We can jump around if there's anything about this season that's sticking out to you uh i'd love to hear it i think we've covered quite a bit <laughs> oh yeah i mean not, you know was it the right choice to get rid of tyson ultimately last last episode i think well i'll let pg answer and then i'll answer how about that i mean i think that he is unfairly being painted as a big target and i don't know that he really is this season mm-hmm. like i don't know that he's really driving any of the alliances or making any big decisions you know no but if he made it to the final three wouldn't he be a big threat to win i think everybody there is a big threat to win well but look at who's going to be sitting on that jury like i think yeah, a lot of i think they there. cannot a lot of buddies you you cannot let anyone who's come back into final three you just can't um and hopefully the show doesn't make it so that it's possible to just skate right through to final three again, where they gave, they gave Chris an idol, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. Or um, I think they gave him one of those idols. You had to split in half for a night. Okay, fine. Uh, which is basically an idol. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like you, you have to get rid of Tyson eventually you cannot, and maybe the sooner the better, who knows? But, you know, I think the reason they chose to do it is because Jeremy was gone. And he was like the easy plan B. Um, and, but then again, I wonder like 
they have to play this game where they have to guess who Kim is going to use her idol on too, you know? Oh, right. that's true. You know what? And, and, and Denise was a good a psych out. Like, well, right. Because yeah. they stole her vote. So you'd think maybe they're going to get her. Yeah. It's just a that, that's level zero though. It's so funny. Uh, like Kim is, Kim is obviously really smart, but I think using it on Denise and this is obviously being very results oriented, but like using her, your idol on Denise because Sarah stole Denise's vote is, is incorrect. That's level zero thinking, right? Like, I don't know. That's what happened last season, but you exactly have to think, but I don't know if it's, I don't think you're being fair because it's like, you might think, well, maybe they're trying to to trick me. Maybe I should put it no, on. I know it's like give it to somebody else, or yeah, yeah. maybe that's what they want me to think. Maybe in, yeah, they want indubi- me to indubitably think right that, yeah. that they're trying to <laughs> yeah. trick me. And I it's the old princess pride thing, me. right? Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's yeah. funny. Yeah, that's 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 the twenty twenty hindsight. Like we can't. Yeah, no, I'm obviously being results oriented, but I do think that um, I do think that it's. I think you have to think, okay, Denise is probably the one person they're not throwing votes on just because Sarah used, stole Denise's vote. Uh, Maybe, but, but, but so why, but Kim didn't use it on herself, which turned out to be the, you know, that was, that was, that was smart. Okay. But she was, didn't, really? if, go ahead. Well, because now she's, you know, she's gotten rid of her idol. So that makes her, I think less of a target. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, like, she's, like, bought a lot of loyalty with that move, like, as opposed to Jeremy, who jumped ship. I know. That, how would I you could feel believe if you were in that other group and Jeremy jumped ship on you, PG? I, I mean... Would you hold it against him? Ultimately, it didn't matter, but I think that... It mattered to Tyson, for sure, because Jeremy was going to be the one voted out. Well, and then, it, and it didn't even... Like the thing is, Kim could have played her idol for him. Yep. You know, I know. This was a real chance to like if he had stayed and they had his vote. Well, yeah, if they had had his vote. Let me see. If he had stayed and they had had his vote, and Sarah still stole Denise's vote, then it would have still been six to four. But they would have had to go fourth. I think. You know, it made it even worse of a decision for Jeremy that he didn't wait to see what Sarah's thing was first. They, Yeah. I mean, the thing is, Kim could have played her idol for Jeremy and then they could have idled somebody up. Right. That was and Jeremy knew that was always a possibility. I think he was like, I don't want to end up, you know, it's still odds are like, you know, not in my favor here. Um, I don't want to go gonna, home with I'm just gonna pot without power in my yeah. pocket. Yeah. But I think if you go home with anything in your pocket, that's a good thing to go home with because it's, I mean, it's such a double-edged sword. Wouldn't you guys be pissed if that was your alliance member? So pissed. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I would be livid. No, no question. And I would probably never let that person forget it. Did he know that she had an idol? Yeah, she, she was talking to him and... Uh, Tyson. Okay, at, so he knew, right? Or was that Denise and Tyson? I, I feel like they explicitly was, told him, "We need you. Do not play that tonight." Yeah, Tyson told yeah. him that. Yeah. Right. And he ended up in the Tyson's the one that ended up going home. Like it's okay. Okay, so now Jeremy's gone. He has left. Did Kim really need? Obviously, you know she she flushed her idol. It didn't save anybody. Um, did she do the right thing? I mean, you're saying, PG, that it, 
it's going to make her less of a target. So maybe it is, or, or should she have saved it to save um, herself next time? I think it definitely cemented her place with those people. Mm-hmm. Um, so in that sense, uh, it, 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 she bought something with it at least. Yeah, I I don't hate the play, especially after Sarah steals a vote. I think it's it's uh, it's important after that move to solidify to do what you can to solidify power, especially after Sophia Sophie goes. How about us five just come over here and vote? Yeah, it's like could it be more obvious that it's five v five? Then you know what now, I mean. Now, is that move going to put more of a target on Sophie's back? Is she going to be seen more as the leader? Spoiler alert for our segments, but abso-fucking-lutely it is. What do you think, PJ? Yeah, Yeah, I mean, obviously it's like, it's one of those things where it's, I think nowadays it's, it's the, you don't want to expose your alliance too much. Um, Mm. And so it was weird for her to just come out and say it. Everyone always dances around that topic a little bit. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've played a few homebrew games. I always talk, I always go back to them because my experience is there's always something that connects, but it's easily my biggest flaw as a player when I play Survivor and Big Brother games is just being too open about who I'm working with like that and just going like, well, look, we got this. And just thinking about this one vote and going, okay, we got this. Let's just go us people decide, right? Um, and like... It's just so it's it's bad. It's not it's not a good move. So she at least like, still has her idol. Yeah. So she could save herself once. That that and Michelle's 50-50, I believe, are the only advantages left in the game. Great. And please don't <laughs> introduce any more. No, I by the way, I wanted to say I'm really happy that several advantages came out this episode uh, because I hate it when they're all at once. Yeah. I'd much rather have it be like half now, half later. Yeah. I who so who in this group, PG, do you think can't win? Oh wait, before you say that, I just want to make sure PG might be spoiled, oh, right? Are you right. spoiled on this season? I'm not spoiled. I'm never spoiled. Oh, so sweet. Okay, good. <laughs> that would have been yeah. Good to tell us if you were. Uh, so no, no, is no, there no, anyone no. you, is there, because I know you were saying, hey, any of these people in the final three are a threat to win. So who is the, who do you think are the least threatening to actually get the votes at the end? Who do I think will not win? Yeah. Um, I don't think Nick could win. That's who I was thinking. <laughs> So this is the person who, if this person makes it to the end, they can't win, right? I have not, a feeling Nick would not win if he makes it to the end. I agree with that. And why um, do you, why do you think that? He's just uh, he's just been kind of an afterthought. Everybody keeps calling him like uh, under the radar. He's just always hanging on the you know just the way he's been described. He's hanging on the edges. He's putting in on people's conversations that they don't want him. Like mm-hmm. it's not a pretty edit and it um it shows that the other players really don't respect him mm-hmm. i think nick is getting a losing finalist edit absolutely mm. yeah so i mean and you know so it's it's like maybe he'll be the one that people want to take to the end right but there he's not going to get votes 
Okay. I, I'm totally buying what you're selling. And who do you think um, has the most chance to win if they make it? Not whether they can make it to the end, but if they do. It's got to be someone on edge, right? Like, <laughs> okay, well, leave the people think, on edge out of the, out of it. Yeah. I think Jeremy. I think Jeremy could win. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Sarah, who's made a lot of friends. Mm-hmm. I think she's made some decent moves. She's made a lot of friends. She's got a lot of relationships. Um, Do we think Sophie has made enough friends to win? I think Sophie has, and she's probably made moves. I don't think we're just, I don't know. For some reason, she's, I don't, I feel like her edit has been under the radar in a way. It's not, because she, Sophie doesn't play in a super flashy way. You right. know what I mean? Nope. Um, that was probably the flashiest thing she'd done that we saw yeah. at the Tribal Council last yeah. episode. Yeah, 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 yeah. But like the way she was able to survive, like even her swaps and everything, like she's she's playing a good game. I mean, and, and people, you could tell too, people respect her. Like when the votes go, when you're the one who throws out a name and the vote goes that way, that's when yeah. you can tell that people respect you as a player, right? Yeah. And and the fact that the other side was trying to vote her out, like, yes, absolutely. Now, so I I, um, I think those are yeah. What's going on with Denise? <laughs> Denise is a dead man walking, right? Like, she's not in the numbers. At the merge, she was like one of the big targets. Obviously, it was just to prop up her immunity win. But like, you know, people are talking about why they can't bring Denise to the end. Uh, you know, going into this season, I kind of liked Denise as a winner. I just, to me, she's just one of these women who are like good at the challenges. I feel like she gets along with everybody. She's kind of not a big, her threat level's not super high the way some of these other people are. Like, yeah, she's good at managing that threat level as well. Yeah. So I just feel like she's definitely like somebody who's going to go far. Um, yeah. Could she win? I don't know. Before this, I'm sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, I don't know that it doesn't seem like she's has that, like, everyone respects her gameplay, you know, mm. as much as the other people. She's a hyena. It might be. It, it's going to hurt her that her big move happened pre-merge. I mean, it always happens that way. When someone makes a big move pre-merge, it's like, oh, well, that's irrelevant. It, you know? Pretty much. <laughs> um, sure he didn't see it. Well, I mean, before PG Shino, before the season started, we were trying to pick our predicted winner. And uh, Ryan and I both were hovering around Denise. He chose Denise first. So I, mm-hmm. and I considered her and I said, well, since you picked Denise, I'll go with Kim. So those were our two choices. I don't think it's looking great for Denise anymore. I picked no. Denise also. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she's a solid pick, right? Like absolutely. And for all the her. reasons you already said, I love yeah. her. Super well-rounded. What about Kim? I mean, she's been on the outs the whole time. Is there any hope for Kim? It's so bizarre. Like, why is she on the outs? I don't know. <laughs> that I don't blows know. my mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I feel like if Kim makes it to the end, she probably wins easily. I feel like she's because so she's been but Is it because she just is like not um, super involved in the community and just doesn't have as many, you know, uh, relationships or connections as some of the other people have? I don't know. You would think by this point, you can speak to this better than I could, but by this point in the game, I would think, 
I would think those outside connections are a lot more helpful at the beginning. That's true. Well, or harmful in the case of the poker alliance. Right. They're more significant in the beginning. Okay. Yeah. Well, right. and wasn't she part of the poker alliance allegedly? Mm-hmm. Yep. That's she was. That's why it's harmful. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she's the last remaining poker alliance player, right? Yeah. Uh, Jeremy. He wasn't in the oh, on-camera alliance, but he does play poker with them. He wasn't in that group? It was no, Rob, it was Tyson, just, Kim, and... And that's it. That's it. Are you sure? I thought Jeremy was there, too. He just wasn't on that tribe that was talking uh, about. He wasn't on I, I thought tribe. it was only those three in that scene, but I could I be wrong. Know. Just tweet at Scott Chernoff. Oh, your, yeah. uh, I really need to, a lot of to tweets about us. that. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm looking for. <laughs> Say Ryan was right. That's all I want. Just at Scott Chernoff, Ryan was right. <laughs> It'll never happen. <laughs> PG, does PG know that we had Rob Sestrino uh, adjudicate some of our long-running disputes? I don't know if she knows that. <laughs> he cited in Scott's favor on every count, and it was—it's really frustrating for me. <laughs> I don't want it brought up. Okay. <laughs> I'll be bringing it up for the rest of my life. I'll be bringing it up all show, actually, in that case. <laughs> I'm going to bring it up every week from now on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, well, so I think we may have covered just about everything there is to cover in this episode. So. You know, who knows? We probably missed something. But, I'm sure we did. Um, why don't oh, we move oh, on to oh, our segments? Okay, before well, I do we, want uh, to move on, but I did want to ask, like, that conversation with Tony and Sarah, like, was Tony... It seemed to me that Tony was more reasonable than Sarah, but she seemed to think he was being completely unreasonable. What did you guys Yeah, I think? mean, I thought Tony was being reasonable for sure. I mean, he was he did very clearly was open to her ideas too. I just think he's hard to manage. But he was like, no, I'm just just hear me out. We don't have to do it. <laughs> just listen right. to my ideas. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I liked when she said, We don't have a lot of time. He goes, We have a lot of time. Yeah, obviously not. They don't have enough. But all right, yeah. let's do the seconds. Okay, all right. First segment. Hold up, bro. Hold up, hold up. All right, this is hold up, bro. This is the moment you said hold up, bro, and you had to rewind your DVR and watch that again. Well, I already um, gave a couple of mine. I mean, I rewatched yeah. Tony's son entering frame about five times, and and I. I recommend it <laughs> to everybody. And oh, also Tony, yeah. speech about this babushka was still in her swaddle. I think uh, I highly recommend that. Um, there yeah. were a, a few times I, I rewound, and I bet you guys are going to mention some. Well, you know, one thing I wanted to do, one thing I wanted to do was uh, watch it again so I could verify that nobody was telling me through song that I better get ready. Yeah, they they missed they they we missed that amazing song this week. <laughs> PG, what do you think about this song? It's been a, a topic of contention on the podcast. I'm so upset they didn't bring back the original um, theme song. Like from oh yeah, I mean, well, you know, no main title. You mean where? Yeah, where I they played, hear the yeah. classic Survivor song. I know it's like, crazy. Yeah, well, they haven't been too. using it for the past couple seasons. Like, why not bring it back? For this one, 
they want more time, right? They want more time in the episode, which I totally get. It buys you 35, 40 seconds, which can be a lot. But man, we definitely needed it. They could have done it at least for the premiere. Absolutely. Echoes of it throughout. You know what I mean? Like, just kind of bring it back, like a little bit full circle. Like, I like that thought. I wonder if there's politics involved because that composer who wrote that isn't with the show anymore. You know, I don't know. They still have the rights to the song. They used it for a long time after he left. No, it's not about the rights. It's about like not wanting to pay him writer's share. It's, it's, it's there could be politics involved. It's um, so iconic that song. You know what I mean? Like hearing it is like really what you associate with. Oh, the show's on. Like that's you know. Now, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. they stopped doing it. They stopped using a, a theme, an opening sequence uh, before, like a few, a season or two or few before your second time, Cambodia. But um, I think they did it for a while. The premiere, I think they did it in the premiere episode of your season because of Cambodia, because I remember being really excited and going like, oh, this is a season for the fans. And they put the opening theme back in. We and we had a we had the the credits. We had opening credits. Did did they not do that for the other seasons now? Like the individual, you know, little B roll shots of everyone. They don't do no. it anymore. No, that's such a bummer because as a player, it's so cool to watch it, and then yeah, years when it's your intro, you know. Yeah, 100%. as a fan, I loved it. I never got tired yeah. of it. Every it, week, it, it's a bummer. It's a bummer that it's not part of the show. I get why they did it, at least if it wasn't political. And if it was political, I also get why they did it. Uh, but it's a bummer. I get why and they I did it. And why do they have to have twenty people? Like uh, go back. I know sixteen or eighteen or whatever. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I don't know. I don't know yeah, and episodes on. should be an hour and a half or two hours long every week. Yeah, I think um, we might have reached that point where they should. But I understand why they don't have the opening theme, and and a lot most TV shows don't anymore. Right, you know. But um, like, fast forwards through it anyway. Yeah, people are so impatient. But I I love it. It always used to get me pumped up for the episode. Yeah. But I'm a nerd. Yeah, you, they're not making you know, a show for me. For, uh, there's an episode of Rick and Morty coming up where they shortened the main title, and I'm like, oh, it's a slippery slope. Oh, I don't no, like Ryan. I probably shouldn't have said that, but whatever. I don't care. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Uh, luckily, they went back to normal after, so it's not. it might have just been one well, episode. Wow, that show has lost all its spark since, since the last time they had a character named Gearhead on. That's true, yep. <laughs> yep. Um, Coincidentally, right around the time they hired women writers, just oh, saying. Oh, that's why I hate women. <laughs> that's my character that I voiced on the show, PG. Maybe he'll be back. Uh, One day. He will. 100% One day. he'll be back. One he'll day. be back. He's too good to not bring back. Um, anyway, let's. Did What about you, PG? What, did you have a hold up row moment where you what, rewound or would have liked to have rewound and check it out again? I'm trying to remember. I think that. I think I rewound the moment on Edge of Extinction where they see all their loved ones coming in. They were so There's, convinced it was going to be something terrible, too. That was great, yeah. yeah like, I did I, like that. I was kind of like half, I think I was busy tweeting maybe, but like, I, you know, seeing their reactions and I kind of half caught it and I was like, oh, I have to watch this again, like from the beginning. So that, yeah. I actually, I did rewind and watch the whole thing of them like jumping out and how excited everyone was. Like, it's not clear to me how much they knew. Like, I always felt like I had heard that they were bringing back whole families and children. 
this season for the loved ones. And I always assumed it was some sort of stipulation from Rob and Amber. Mm. And I don't I know if that, if it, that, go ahead. I feel like they didn't know. I, I feel like from some comments I'd seen, it almost seemed to me like they didn't even know the entire family was coming out. That's what it seemed like to me as well. It seemed like, like that watching it. It just, and they certainly weren't expecting it so early. What did you think of that moment? You guys at the end, when everybody hugged Jeff, when the jury came and hugged Jeff Probst. Oh my God, I love that. So adorable. I thought now it was... I'm worried though. If Jeff makes it to the end, there's no way he can lose. <laughs> I, um, I, I felt like I thought it was very cute and sweet, but on the other hand, I thought it was a, an example of Stockholm syndrome. That these people <laughs> were like so grateful for the one morsel they yeah, were given by their captor. And also, I knew that, like, I could just picture Jeff being like, make sure you put that moment in the show, the one where they all thank me for yeah, the great thing true. I did. That's pretty <laughs> cynical, but you're right. <laughs> they thank me for my benevolence. Yeah. I'm a benevolent um, king. Well, I, I, I did see, I think it was actually just today where he posted about that. And he did say, he said this was one of the best moments he'd had on the show was feeling that energy from those people um which i thought was i thought it was really cool actually i like i liked seeing that's very nice he didn't have, like he, he didn't have like they they didn't have to do that you know obviously not and i i like i don't think they were expecting it you know one reason why they may have been they may have promised yeah we're going to bring everybody's family out but they may not have said uh and even those of you on edge will get to see them you know like there may have been some doubt about that. Yeah, I don't. You know, it's it's funny because it seems ludicrous to me that they wouldn't have known that the entire family was going to come. But it. Yeah, they how were could like, how could Robin? When but it's one thing if you're Kim and like your husband handles the whole thing with the kids, but mm-hmm. if it's Rob and Amber, they don't. They, I mean, they there's, have to approve. There is no way they didn't know. Yes, you you're right. There's you no way they didn't know. Somebody's children on an international <laughs> flight without their parents' permission, yes, right? You're absolutely right. But what they do do is that they cover every contingency. So they will say, uh, like, so even when we, they ask us for loved ones, we give them a list of five different people. Okay. Mm-hmm. They so, they might have said. Um, just in case we, we, we might decide to do the whole family, probably not, but just in case we do go ahead and fill out these permission forms anyway. And they, right. you know, they do almost everything like with clothes, like we have to send in all these different options. And in my, like in China, they made us buy 20 different, like a whole, like, you know, survivor outfit wardrobe. I had to buy like yeah. 20 different items and they ended up putting us out there in our press clothes. And I didn't use a single yeah. article. <laughs> I bought for the show that they they gave, specifically gave us a list and said go buy shorts, long sleeve t shirt, short sleeve t shirt, all these things. We never used any of it. Yeah, Courtney got screwed the worst on that, right? <laughs> Those boots. Um, excuse you, I was in high heels. Yeah, fair enough. Fair oh enough. Oh my gosh, how did you did, did you get no other? You must have gotten other shoes at some point on that season or no? Let me tell you something that's really messed up is that. Um, in the beginning sequence of China, they made us walk through the streets of Shanghai carrying all of our luggage and in our press clothes. So I happen to be like one of the only people that was that had a traveling backpack instead of a rolling suitcase. Mm-hmm. And they made me wear the backpack and they made me wear my heels. Oh. So oh my God. I am carrying a traveling backpack full of stuff 
packed for a one month journey and they would not let me take my heels off. Ugh. And they were like, other girls are in heels. And I was like, other girls are holding suitcases. Right. You know, so like, I remember at one point we weren't even allowed to talk and James looked over and he's like, that's some bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You were like, this guy's great. I'm on his side I, now. <laughs> I was so mad because I was like, this is ludicrous. I was like, who is going to be walking, you know, like who's going to be walking through with a backpack and heels. And I just couldn't believe that they wouldn't let me take it off. Like, I was like, I will walk barefoot. I don't care. Like I'm not, you know? Yeah. Although I guess it paid off at the end because when we started, we had to um, haul all of our luggage up that the staircase up the mountain. Right. And at that point, everyone else had to carry like a suitcase, and I had a backpack. <laughs> yeah, right. I get yeah. that. That that would be helpful if you. Were, but did you get to take your heels off then, or did you have to go up the mountain in your heels? <laughs> I took. Oh, I took it off then because it had basically started. They were filming, so like now okay. you can do whatever you want. I don't know why they forced me to wear it. It was, I was so mad. Like I had blisters all over my feet. We, I mean, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Like they, I feel like they have done some really shady messed up things with wardrobe over the years. Um, you know, purple Kelly is probably the biggest, most egregious example of that. If what is supposed, if the stories are true, but man, why is it? Why do they people what the stories are if they weren't listening? So, to so weeks? if you want, like the story that I know, and I don't, you know, I I'm assuming that it's true, but it's a funny fifth, funny one fifteen, and it's not funny at all. Is the why <laughs> is why Purple Kelly quit, and it's because they would not give her any warm clothes at all. She was in. They made her wear like her swimsuit the entire time, and she would borrow people's jackets, and they would be like, "No, you can't wear that." We talked about this when Sophie was really cold a few episodes ago. Um, and so like Kelly was like, well, this is bullshit. I'm literally freezing to death every night. I can't sleep because I'm freezing cold all night and they won't let me wear stuff. I, I, I'm going to call shenanigans on that. Yeah. Yeah. Because they, they don't say anything about your wardrobe when you're in game. Like I could borrow 10 people's, I could, I could borrow 10 different jackets and put them on. And just walk around with Ted jackets on and, and production wouldn't say anything to me out there. See, and I've that, never heard what I was like, wondering. I'm glad so to that's what that. I assumed. I'm just saying like what, based on what I've read about uh, Kelly in particular, uh, mm. it was. And that's cool, why but... she quit. No, that seems With really... like a week to go. And why did Nayanka quit at the same time? Were there not enough one legged people for her to push over on into the down onto the ground? <laughs> Look, man, don't buy the narrative, Scott. Don't I saw her That's push that woman. <laughs> I saw her push that woman to the ground. <laughs> no, One-legged woman. Look, I don't purport to be an expert on anything, but it's just what I've read. Don't know. I, obviously, it's... Okay, but you guys have seen enough Survivor to see that the contestants are all wearing each other's clothes. Yeah, that's pretty common. Right, like, 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 I just saw a thing about like they're like the real star of, of Edge of Exile is on Parvati's shawl, who has been <laughs> to everybody. <laughs> well, there's also like the whole thing with Angelina wanting everybody's jacket. Yeah. What? Well. Yeah. My no, you're right. Um, so yeah, whatever. I don't want to get too hung up on that because who knows? You know. Well, unfortunately, I didn't really see enough of Purple Kelly to know whether or not I feel she's a reliable source of information well yeah because they did her super dirty in the edit yeah well yeah 
and it was a crappy season that I don't ever want to watch yeah, again. Anyway, me either. <laughs> On the other <laughs> hand, no joke, I will say China and Cambodia, two of my all-time favorite seasons. Yep. yep. PG, huge part of it. When I got back into Survivor, um, it was right after uh, Denise's season. Philippines. My wife and Great I were like, yeah, my wife and I, we watch Philippines. We're like, hey, Survivor's on. Let's watch Philip, watch it. And we watch Philippines and we're into it. And that, then that summer I was like, we were like, let's watch a whole bunch of old seasons. And we started with China. Uh, and uh, it's like sticks out because of that for me. Like I always remember like Todd was like my favorite winner for a long time. And, you know, you obviously with your edit, your like underdog edit was like, were someone that I remembered for many many seasons after because of that oh thank so, you. so yeah yep. china's you a great a season huge highlight of that season i think china's a great place to start too if you if you have to like start somewhere obviously you start at season one but if you can't china's a great place to start it's like the- it's like strategy 101 like basic yep. beginner kind of strategy <laughs> And in, yeah, well, there's enough idols. Sort of a back to basic season, and it was back yeah. to sixteen people. Yeah. And yeah, no, I mean, you weren't super- separated by race or anything. Yeah. Or age. Yeah. Or socioeconomic status. <laughs> yeah. Would you have been a David, a Goliath, a Blood, a Water? Would you have been no collar, white? What would? <laughs> oh my gosh. I always think I'm no collar, but I have a feeling they would have tried to put me in white collar. I feel like you would be a no collar. Why? Well, well, yeah, but you're a ju- you make jewelry. That's which is so what's super no-collar. amazing. Also, exactly the jewelry designer, correct? E- not the same. I, I, not the same as you. Not at a pro level like you. But look, and we on yeah. Like in Cambodia, they wanted me to wear a suit, and I was what? like, I was like, I don't wear business suits. I was like. I, <laughs> I was like, I've never even owned a business suit in my entire life, you know, because I, because I own the business and they were like, I was like, I'm in fashion. They're like, well, so's in fashion, but she wore a suit. And I'm like, I don't care. Like, I was like, I'm not wearing, I'm not wearing a suit. (laughs) That's weird. That seems weird to me. Well, well that's so kind of shady, actually. They, pigeon, they, 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 they want to pigeonhole you into some kind of character that people can relate to that. Oh, this represents her profession or this, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. No, I get that. Yeah. I just think there is there is there a race undercurrent there. That's what I that's what makes me feel weird about it. You know, because they were like, but what about so? Yeah, they're like, can you wear a kimono? With the- <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. We tried to get so in the kimono. All we could get into into was a suit. Uh, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Should we move on? Yeah, let's move on to our next segment. That was a long one. Uh, <laughs> next segment: ill regrets. What's the time? It's time to get ill. What's the time? It's time to get ill. regrets. All right, this is ill regrets. Uh, who do you think is going to have ill regrets about a decision they made, something they did this episode? I'll start. And, and I sort of pick, hinted at you it. You can't pick Tyson. Yeah. I think it's going to be so. I got to pick Sophie. Like, she already was on the radar, but this just solidifies her as, like, the leader of the Power Alliance, right? Like, for her to go, like, why don't us five just go over here and chat? Yeah, I like, mean, it could be. I, it's I great for like her game in that moment to do that. Like, it's in that moment, it's great for her game. She solidifies that five. They make a great decision. They 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 win in the end, right? But it's not good long term at all. Well, and the fact that she said it, and then they all just got up and did it. 
Like, yeah. well, that's got to impress the jury. If you make it, no, that will impress the jury. The, end. the problem is it also impresses the, the, the other players in the game, you know, like, someone without enough social currency could have said, like, I feel like Nick could have said that and they would have all just sat there arguing more. Right. Yeah. I feel like I, we don't have enough information to know whether or not that's going to be seen by the others as, oh, see, I told you Sophie's in charge of that group or whether enough <laughs> conversation had been going on where it was like, this is silly and it's been so yeah, nature I mean, to look, say, let's just all stand up and talk about it. It's hard to know. We but. don't have that information, but it's the segment, Scott. We're not, we never have the information. <laughs> you know Through I mean? the segment. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh-oh. Coronavirus. I got the virus. Bye, everybody. Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. My pick would be um, a Jeremy jumping ship. Yeah, that's a good one, too. There were a lot of things you could argue are mistakes this episode where we won't know for sure if they are until later, but that's one of them for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Those are both both viable choices. I... I Sort of almost said this earlier, but I'm going a little outside the group here. And I'm going to say the biggest regrets, illest regrets from this episode are going to be for Fiji Airways. Yep. They were poised <laughs> to reap so much great promotion for the last year. They've been like, just wait till that. There's going to be this awesome episode of Survivor where all, with all the loved ones and we're going to get all these shout outs and. Jeff's going to talk about Fiji Airways and the cast is going to yeah. be thanking Fiji Airways. Everybody's going to want to fly Fiji Airways. What's yeah. that? <laughs> you mean nobody can fly when the episode came out? Oh, man. <laughs> well, yeah, but now I feel like now is a good time to plan that trip for next year, maybe. Tickets are cheap. Sure, sure. Go oh, ahead. man, I don't want to be planning anything right now. Fly Fiji Airways <laughs> everything, I, everything is getting canceled, so... Yeah, uh, if I were if I were the folks over at Fiji Airways, I might be a little disappointed at the timing. <laughs> like you couldn't have put this episode out six oh, months absolutely. ago. Absolutely, <laughs> I know. I know. It's been it's sitting in the can for a year. <laughs> yeah. So that's my well, choice. You know, they're a massive multi-million dollar, maybe even billion dollar corporation. So I don't have a lot of empathy for them, but I, I, I'm I'm on board with you. They will have ill regrets. Oh, you're on board. I thought you said I'm, I'm on board. I thought you said yeah. I'm bored with your. No, no, no. I love that. <laughs> I love that. That was funny. I saw your tweet and it, it made me laugh for sure. Thanks, um, buddy. All right. Yeah. You know, it's the least I can do. Is <laughs> the laugh very at your least. Tweets. <laughs> the very least. Uh, all right. Let's do the last segment and wrap this up. Let's do it. We are knocking on two hours, um, which is great. But uh, all right. This is getting loud. All right, who got loud this week? Who stood out in a good way? Uh, for me, it was Sarah. I loved seeing yeah. her push back at Tony because too often you see, I feel like so many times you see these male-female duos and it's always the guy in charge. And I really liked her really kind of pushing back at him and saying like, well, I want to be in charge of this boat this time. Like, you listen to me. I, I, you know, for me, it was real like a real girl power moment. I like. That. I love their dynamic because he beat her and then she beat him, and it's almost like they're competing. For, this is like the tiebreaker for them. 
Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I, I love that. It's totally true. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Sarah is probably the one player that like for me stands out as, you know, if Sophie hadn't made what I consider to be that mistake, I would pick Sophie because ultimately she was in charge. But Sarah um, didn't Sarah want to get rid of Tyson when Jeremy Sarah wanted or, to get rid of Kim. That oh, was what, Kim, that's that's right. what she was pushing Tony to get rid of Kim. Yeah, and it looked like she won the. It looked it's hard to tell from the edit, but it it looked like he at the end said, "Okay, so that's what we'll do." Okay, okay. Yeah, and then she then he came back and convinced her it should be Jeremy, right? Uh, with with which I thought was really impressive, actually, uh, because he was like, "Yeah, he said your name," which he did, you know. He said, "Yeah, he that, said, that was a good Tony moment. That was smart." He said, yep. "Shots were fired at my partner." Yep. Yes. Yes. That was so good. Like he. So good. Yeah, that was great gameplay, and you know Tony for all that his nuttiness uh, is capable of making good moves, and that was one of them for sure. Turned her up right away, right? Oh yeah, totally turned her around. (laughs) Yeah, no, that was great. That works on her because it was the same thing when she heard Adam said her name. She was like, "Okay, bye, Adam." Yeah. Yeah. Totally. You know. uh, the more I think about it, the more I'm like, Tyson was definitely the backup choice or the like last minute choice because uh, sometimes someone like Tyson is always like really near the top of the boot list for people. And, and you come, you know, you come back from camp after, uh, after the immunity challenge and, and it's probably like Tyson was probably like the first name people mentioned. And then of course it goes different ways. You know, people are shooting for bigger fish or smaller fish or whatever. But like, I imagine Tyson has been like on the list for weeks now since he came back. Well, and don't forget they all watched the last thing they saw before they left for this was season 38 of Rick Devins coming back halfway through and dominating the game. Yeah, totally. And so they probably were like, well, we got to get rid of him eventually anyways. You know, this is really hard in this moment. Jeremy left. He was going to be who we were supposed to vote for. Now we need to make a new decision. Let's just make it simple, you know? You know, and do you think there's also the added complication of like, okay, these guys are selling. Some of the people know, I don't know, everyone knows that these guys are selling us advantages that they are finding on the island, you know? So I wonder. Right. Yeah. There's also yep. the complication of what kind of advantages did he, they also get advantages for themselves out there? Does he have something that we don't know about? Right. Yep. And are, are yep. his friends on the other side going to be sending him advantages? Well, he doesn't have fire tokens to buy them with. As we saw at the end, he flipped right. off the fire token boxes. But right. <laughs> that, yeah, that's very true. Yeah. I don't know who's now poised to get the most. Well, I guess Denise has a bunch of tokens now right because she got them from uh i don't know who she got one from from adam Adam. she got him one from adam so she has at least one but she she has has the one that she was gonna give to sandra yeah yeah. Yeah, so she has two at least (laughs) yeah Uh, i can't keep it straight it's it's probably better that you don't it's a lot uh they'll tell me when i need to know (laughs) yeah exactly well for me i i think both of your choices are very strong I'm going, and maybe I'm a little biased because he entertains me so much, but I thought this was such a great episode for Tony. Starting with the family visit and seeing that side of him and with his babushka, and and then 
winning that challenge based on patience, you know, <laughs> slow and steady, Tony, in many ways, it was a, a metaphor for the whole season for him that when he slowed down and focused, he was actually yep. able to make it. Uh, we'll see if it's a metaphor for him for the whole season. Um, and then also, I will remind you, he was the one who wanted Tyson out. He got his way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's or a good point. Yeah, what was we a good... saw, he was the one who wanted Tyson out. Yeah. It was a great episode but, for Tony. What, what, PG? But I think he only got his way because Jeremy left. That's true, yes. But, Jeremy but he also was wanted Jeremy. Yeah. yeah. He was the mm, one who that's... just went, you guys want to blindside Jeremy tonight? Yeah, the the story of of who the story of why the vote ended up the way it was is best told through Tony's POV, which is why they showed that, I think. Um I mean, yeah, Tony it's, it's so incredible that he really is kind of calling the shots and yet he hasn't been targeted at all. It's mind-blowing that Tony has not been targeted. I think we all probably expected him to be a very early boot. Yeah. I did for sure. He's an easy early boot cuz he's unpredictable. You know what I mean? Like you don't you want unpre- you want the unpredictable people gone. Whether or not he goes to the end, he has solidified. He has like grown as a player. He has totally. He has redeemed his game in in game changers in many ways. Yeah, his stock is definitely up both within this season and outside in the overall picture. But um, who? All right. Radar that one episode where he went in his spy shack and everyone is like, Where the hell is Tony? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was, that was well, and he probably and, would have been gone if, if Sandra hadn't basically self destructed that episode. That's oh, that's true. That's true. Yeah, man, what what a crazy episode! So that was a stroke of luck. And I mean, when we talk about oh, the, the old school targeted for this or that, some of them, like Sandra, like Sandra would probably still be there. If that she game. hadn't have self-destructed at that point. That's so insane. What? I mean, yes, yeah, she would. She would be a throw. She would easily, because you can vote her out whenever you want. Theoretically. She can't win immunity. Yeah. And, um, and Tony and, would be gone. So, so maybe he didn't wow. do so great. I don't know. The one time he reverted <laughs> to his old self, it was a problem. And it looks like that happens next week. But I just got to figure that preview is a misdirect. I mean, it I, seems like it could be. Yeah, maybe he does become a target, but it's not ultimately on him. Yeah, PG. If you right. had to, if you had to, uh, you know, uh, decide this minute who who you think is going to win, any idea? Oh my god! So many contenders. So many contenders. I feel like so. I, I like I said. I feel like. So, Sophie, Sarah, or or um, Tony has been getting a really good edit, but that might be just based off of the last episode, too. That's what's fresh in my mind right now. Right. Okay. All right. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, I, I'm leaning more and more Sarah now. We're just seeing, we're seeing how she's doing it, for yeah. one, and she is in such a great position. If Sarah and Tony both go to the end, is Cops R Us like the greatest alliance in Survivor history? No, but it's definitely uh, in the discussion. You got to put it in the discussion, right? 
Well, very few alliances actually have a name, so. <laughs> True. Yeah, Survivor, they just, people don't really name their alliances, it's right? It's probably for the best. Like, yeah. Like, they used to, I feel like. What? They used to early on, but like lately in modern Survivor, they, they the borders shift so much that they have they've yeah. given up on naming them. <laughs> mm. It was, uh, who was it that did, that named all his two personal alliances a couple seasons ago? Nick. Nick, yeah. Yeah. That's a good strategy. I liked it. It worked for him that season. Um, but, you know, it's like Big Brother. They do it every, everybody, you know, everybody has some goofy ass name for their alliance. That's a goofy show. I like that. Yeah. It's a goofy ass show. Yeah. Well, I'm going to wrap it up. I think we've because now it we, off. we literally are hitting we hit two, two hour hours. Mark. I have children in the other room who are probably driving my wife insane by now. PG, thank you so much for joining us. We have to ask: Will you continue to watch Survivor? No, I'm <laughs> kidding. Uh, <laughs> this for this absolutely. PG, this was so fun. We're so honored by your presence and grateful. Thank you. Please, where can give us a plug here? Where can we find you online, and where can we f- buy the things that you create? Uh, so um, it's my first name everywhere at P G P E I H G E E. You can go to my. Um, I'm like I always forget how to spell my website. Uh, it's um, <laughs> www.lowraderjewelry.com. That's L O R A D O R. J-E-W-E-L-R-Y dot com. And um, I also want to drop a plug that I think I will be starting up maybe um, some Survivor game nights that I'm going to stream on Twitch, hopefully like Ooh. next week. Yeah, so you can look for me there. I'm on, I'm on Twitch also. I think that's, uh, let, me, let me see what, I think it's twitch.tv slash... Yeah, so it's twitch.tv backslash PG. What are you streaming these days? What are you playing? Still League or? Um, I don't stream anymore, but I was thinking of doing it for board game, for like game night. Right. Yeah, yeah, that'll be great. Oh, that's so, awesome. Yeah, things like, uh, I don't know, Werewolf, Codenames, you know, stuff like that. Oh, I just heard that you can do Secret Hitler online now. Oh, I've not played so- that. Oh, I think you would love it if I've you like it. I've never heard of it, and I'm very disturbed by the name. <laughs> oh, it's a great game, really fun. It's it's, it's it's like a it's a it's like a werewolf game, hidden information yeah, yeah, yeah. type so, game. I figure, I figure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I prefer my. I'm trying to decide if I prefer my Hitlers to be out in the open or to just stay <laughs> hidden. I think generally you want them to be out in the open. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, ideally, they don't exist. <laughs> Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah. So check out PG on Twitch when you get those going. Um, you'll probably announce it on Twitter or whatever, right? Yep. Yep. I'll watch the shit out of that for sure. <laughs> Fantastic. Exciting. Exciting stuff. Ryan, uh, where can we find you? Do you have anything to plug? What's going on? I have nothing to plug, but at Ryan Elder Music on Twitter. Uh, actually, sure. I'll plug uh, new episodes of Rick and Morty, May 3rd. I don't even know why I would even need to say I that don't. because. <laughs> It's massive, people, but um, people's attention need to be called to that show. It's it's barely hanging yeah. on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just a little cult classic. Um, but yeah, at Ryan Elder Music and Scott, uh, can they reach you at at Ryan Elder Music as well? They can reach me at Ryan Elder Music uh, or at Scott Chernuff. But of course, 
if you know, only send me the good stuff. Send the bad stuff to at right. Ryan Elder Music. Yep. Yep. And, and don't forget tweet at Scott Chernoff. <laughs> Ryan was right. Sure. That'll, Just inundate him. How <laughs> many of those will it take to outweigh Rob Sesternino's judgment about who was Just right? Just one. Just one. Oh, really? Interesting. If it's from, if it's from Boston, Rob. Okay. Oh, really? Interesting. Okay. Is, is there a conversion rate? Is it like one Boston Rob equals two? Uh, yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> They're like fire tokens. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> okay, so it has to be so only a survivor who's had like a a, a giant mountainous statue made of them. Yes, exactly, and they also have to be on cameo so that I can pay them to do it. Uh, <laughs> oh no, that doesn't count. Uh, by the way, we got a cameo. My my brother in law sent a cameo uh, from Coach recently, where he gave a shout out to all of our family cats. And it was oh, quite fun. Hilarious. That's and then he died. Di- then he got he he digressed into a story about how he hasn't touched a men's men's room a men's bathroom door handle in twenty years. It was classic coach. I've seen a couple of coach cameos <laughs> that just people have posted randomly, and they are they are something to behold. Yeah, coach is the best at cameo for sure. <laughs> He's got to be the best at something. He's the best at everything, if you ask him. Well, that's true. That's true. I can't argue with that. Oh, boy. Okay, all we've right. said it all. Let's get the Let's hell out of here. PG, thanks again. Thanks Ryan. for having guys. Yeah, it was Can fun. Stay healthy. Yep, you too. You too. Yeah, stay in. Don't stop touching your face, PG. <laughs> Just stop. <laughs> all right. All right. Until next week. Adios. The tribe has spoken. Now I'm going to put out your little lamp with my lamp stopper.